What's up, everybody? I hope everybody had a good 4th of July. I hope everybody stayed safe. Um, the fights are this weekend. Enjoy the fights. The YouTube videos are coming, bro. That's it. They're coming. They are coming. All right, peaks, guys. Later. Deuces. Follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Later. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast, episode number 122. I was going to say 22, like an idiot, but here we are. So, one thing I forgot to talk about in the last episode, because uh, honestly, I shouldn't have recorded that episode at the time I did, but the episode is going to come out. I haven't edited it yet. Right now, since it's at 21 minutes, I'm probably going to cut it down by probably 10, so... It's probably going to be a really short episode. Listen to that one first before listening to this one. But Game Brad Bare Knuckle MMA is going to do the rematch of Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Verdun. Now, here's the problem I have with these things, bro. You want to know what the problem is? Like, why are these guys fighting? They weren't good with their money when they were in their primes and fighting top competition. That's very sad. Like, I don't understand why Fabricio Verdun is still fighting. He was doing good in the commentating world, but I don't know if he's oversaid things that they let him go because I don't even know if he still does the UFC commentating for the Spanish commentators. I don't know if he still works in Brazil as part of a commentator. Like, why are these guys still fighting? He shouldn't be fighting anymore. Now, I know we have to let people do what they want to do, but still, he shouldn't be fighting because why how old is Fabricio and Junior at this point like they have to be in their mid to late 40s I'm guessing here but let's see he is 45 let's see how old Junior Dos Santos is but see he should not be fighting why is he still fighting unless you're someone like Yoel where Yoel is still competing with good people and he still looks competitive even though people are saying he's starting to look old like why are you still competing PFL signed you for a lot of money, and they didn't get their money's worth, so they let him go. Look right here, it says, Verdun was scheduled to face Brandon Salis on June 25th, 2021 at PFL 6. However, it was later announced that Verdun had pulled out due to injury in his last bout. And then, look, Gamebred FC, after over two years away from competing in the sport, Verdun announced he had signed a new contract with an unnamed promotion. Verdun was then booked to compete against... In a rematch against Junior Dos Santos in a bare knuckle MMA fight at a Game Bread FC event on September 2nd, 2023. Like, dude, what are, what are these guys doing? How old is JDS? He's 39, but still, man, for heavyweights, that's old. Like, why are you fighting? It's sad to see, man. It's sad to see. But anyway, let's talk about UFC 290. That's what the show's gonna. Revolve around today. Alex Volkanovski will take on Yair Rodriguez in the main event. Brandon Moreno will take on Alejandre Alexandre Pantoja. Robert Whitaker will take on Drikis Duplices. Jalen Turner will take on Dan Hooker. Paul Nickel will take on Treshawn Gore. 
Bobby Lawler will take on Nico Price. Jack Dillian Mandilio will take on Josa Harrell. Yasmin Yajaguri will take on Denise Gomez. Jimmy Crew will take on Alonso Manafield. Dude, what a fight card. I want to see every fight on this main card, bro. I want to see it all. Please, nobody get hurt. It's already Monday. I haven't heard anybody getting hurt. Jack Dillian Mandilia, like, he had a hard time getting an opponent because somebody got hurt. Let me go look that up to give you guys correct answers. It says, Jack Dillian Mandilia versus Joseph Harrell set for UFC 290 following Sean Brady injury. Jack Dillian Mandilia will fight at UFC 290 after all. The highly touted welterweight prospect is set to face UFC newcomer Harrell on Saturday, July 8th following an injury withdrawal from original opponent Sean Brady. MMA fighting Dave Martin confirmed the booking Sunday. Harrell 7-0 steps into the matchup on a less than a week's notice and less than a month after his third knockout of Mike Roberts. Third round knockout of Mike Roberts at LFA 160 on June 16th. A 24-year-old prospect based out of Ohio, Harrell has competed at both lightweight and welterweight and has finished all seven of his professional victories. He now faces a massive leap up in competition against Mandelia 14-2, who has racked up a perfect 4-0 record inside the UFC with four first-round stoppages since debuting in the promotion in early 2022. Mandelia earned his third consecutive UFC post-fight bonus for his most recent win, a first-round submission of Randy Brown at UFC 284. Dude, this guy is awesome. Brady withdrew from the contest this past weekend, revealing on Instagram that he was dealing with a nasty bout of streptococcus B in his left elbow. I hope I said that right. Chris Curtis wanted the fight. It looks like I didn't get the nod in the JDM fight. We both said yes, but apparently the bosses had other plans. Nothing but respect to the man, one of my favorites, and it would be it would have been and say, I still on a on my September dance. That's Chris Curtis. UFC 290, blah blah blah. Okay. This guy, even I hope he doesn't have a seizure in the morning weigh-in show again. Dude, they have to stop interviewing fighters at the morning weigh-ins. What they should do is, you know how they have, like, so, this is what I believe should happen. This is what I believe should happen. The fighters show up in the morning, they weigh in, you leave them alone, they rehydrate, whatever. When you do the ceremonial weigh-ins, that's when you have the weigh-in show, because everybody's in a better mood. They're, they've been drinking and eating all day. They're rehydrated. Then you can have the interviews and stuff like that. Why are you having it in the morning? Let them do their weight cut, weigh in, and then let them rest for a couple hours. And then you tell them, okay, we're not going to do it in the morning anymore. We're going to do it in the night. And then after that, you guys can go home, be yourselves, and do what you need to do to get ready for tomorrow. But why are we having them do the interviews in the morning when they're all dehydrated, depleted? They don't want to be around anybody. They probably haven't slept. Why are you guys doing that, UFC? Do better, UFC. Come on, UFC. Bo Nickel, Trayson Gore. That's a crazy fight right there. Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, crazy fight right there. I think Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner was supposed to take place when John Jones fought Cyril gone. Let me see if it'll tell me. But then Dan Hooker got hurt, so that's when Mateusz Gamrot stepped in. Yeah, look, see? Hooker was scheduled to face Jalen Turner on March 4th at UFC 285. However, Hooker was... Forced to withdraw from the event, citing a hand injury, and was replaced by Mateusz Gamera. Hooker is scheduled to face Jalen Turner on July 8th at UFC 290. Yeah, so 
This is just a rebooking, which I'm with, bro, because this fight's going to be insane. Jalen Turner's one of my new favorite fighters. Every time that guy's on the card, I'm watching. Of course, we have the retirement of Robbie Lawler and Nico Price. Nico's not retiring, right? Only Robbie is, right? At least he, this is going to be his last fight in the UFC. Dana White's retiring him from the UFC. I don't know if it'll be his last fight in MMA, but Dana White is retiring him from the UFC. This is going to be his last fight, so we'll see what happens. Again, Bo Nickel versus Trayshawn Gore. I cannot wait for this fight. I want to see if... I hope Bo's striking is better because I do believe in his last fight. He low-blowed the guy. He didn't do it on purpose, but it looks like he low-blowed him. We talked about the Jalen Turner-Dan Hooker fight. Robert Whitaker versus Drikas Duplices, the people's main event. No disrespect to Brandon Moreno, Alejandro Pantoja. And no disrespect to Alexander Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez. But this fight right here, because of what the UFC has said, is on the line. I believe this is the fight everybody is really looking forward to, man. I cannot wait for this fight. I mean, to me, it's going to be interesting when they start grappling because I believe this is where Drickus is going to have the advantage. But I don't know because Robert's really fucking good. He's really good, man. Hobart Whitaker, like Paulo Costa would call him. He's really good. I cannot wait. And then there's the backstory of Izzy, especially with Drickus. And if Drickus wins, I hope Izzy's a man of his word is just in the cage. Be like, what's up, bro? I hope he's there. I hope he's there. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Brandon Moreno versus Alejandro Pantoja. If my memory serves me correctly, Alejandro Pantoja is actually 2-0 against Brandon. One of them is going to be uh, an exhibition because I believe one took place. Um, on the Ultimate Fighter, look, he beat him at UFC Fight Night, Maya versus Usman, and then I believe if the exhibition shows me, yeah, he beat him on the Ultimate Fighter. He also beat Kai Carl France too. So as far as I'm concerned, Pantoja's two and all. Um, of course, their careers. I believe Brandon Moreno has been fighting better competition lately. Let's see, I didn't see Andre Hundre. He fought Alex Perez. He beat him with a neck crank. In July of last year, like, why did it almost take him a year to fight again? That's weird. Well, Brandon has been fighting, bro. Like, look, Brandon's last fight was in January. He beat Davidson, and then before that, it was the same day in July. And then he lost to Davidson in, in January of 2022. Dude, wait. That, this can't be right. UFC 283 and 270 were on the same day, just a year apart? Let me see. See, they got it wrong. Now, it was a date later. See, this one was on January 21st. So, the where he lost, it was a year. But where he beat him in Brazil, it was a day before. But it, practically a year apart. They just messed up whoever did the record thing on Wikipedia. But, yeah, man. This should be good. This should be good. This should be good. And, of course, the main event, Yair Rodriguez versus Volkanovski. It's a five-round fight. I'm going to tell you guys something. I'm really excited to see what Yair does because he's been adding a lot of submissions to his game. Well, first of all, like the Drickus thing, I should go back. There's going to be a lot of grappling, right? And the thing we'll watch out for Drickus is that he ends up getting tired. It's a three-round fight, right? So we have to watch out for that. And Robert's really good at maintaining his gas tank and maintaining the pace. I mean, we just saw it with Abyss Magomedov. And Sean Strickland, uh, Abbas like blew his wad after two rounds, and Sean was a round and a half because like he gassed, like you see him winging punches, he gassed. Then Sean just kept coming and coming and coming and beat him. Like Drickus has to pace himself. I cannot wait. I hope 
We're going to know a lot after the first round. And then by the second round, I'm pretty sure I'm going to know who's going to win this fight. But we got to see, man. And then with Brandon and Pantoja, Brandon, I believe he's gonna, he has a better shot of beating him on the feet where Pantoja has to get him to the ground. Because looking at it, I believe Pantoja, most of Pantoja's wins are by um, submission. Submission, neck crank, rear naked choke, rear naked choke, TKO punches, KO punches. I mean, he's got knockout power too, apparently. And decision, decisions. Yeah, so looking at this, I would give Pantoja the advantage on the ground because he's got a lot of submission wins. And Brandon, the advantage on the feet. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez, I'm telling you. Yair's kicks are going to be an X-factor. His submission game is going to be an X-factor. Like, before these last recent fights of Yair, I would be comfortable telling you all, all Volk has to do is take him down and the fight's over. Now, I'm not so sure about that. One thing I will tell you is Volk's toughness is going to be tested. Because if Yair gets him in that triangle choke early, it might be another Brian Ortega type deal thing. But I'll tell you one thing. Yair has the striking Brian doesn't have. Of course, Yair's submission game isn't as good as Brian's, but the striking Yair has is second to none. That guy probably has the best striking in all of featherweight in all of the featherweight division. Meaning he's very creative. He's gotten a lot more technical. He's not the wild man that I was very critical of back in the day. He's not that anymore. I believe the leg kicks are gonna play a big part in what Yair does. But we gotta wait and see, man. Because if he could take out the leg, I believe the the key to this would be for him to take out Volk's leg early, like within the first two rounds, because then Volk won't be able to shoot for takedowns. And then if Yair, because Yair's the taller man, he, if he grapples with him and gets away from the clinch and keeps him at distance, I think he can win. Where Volk has to get on the inside, clip him early, and show his dominance. I mean, I think this fight's a lot closer than what people think it is, but we'll see, man. We'll see, because... I have to consider Alex Volkanovski the featherweight go, even though people are saying, nah, it's Jose, it's this, this, and that. I mean, he beat Jose. I mean, and the way he's beating guys, he should be champ champ. In my personal opinion, Alexander Volkanovski beat Islam Mahashev. But for whatever reason, a body triangle and just holding a dude there while you're getting punched in the face is more dominant than getting punched in the face gives you the win. So be it, bro. So be it. But I do believe Alex Wolkonowski is the featherweight GOAT because he beat Jose, he beat Max. And people are saying, well, when he beat Jose, it wasn't that great, okay? Well, he beat Max. Max beat Jose down twice. And Volk, I'll say Volk beat Max Holloway down once. And then I believe they should be 1-1-1. One, 1-1-2-1. One, 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 two, two I believe it should be 2-1 because I gave Max the second fight. There's no way you give Max a third fight because Volk beat the brakes off of him in that fight. And then the first fight, I still think that one's the closest one. But I think Max still won that one. But right now, as it stands, Volk has won 3-0. and So you have to consider him the featherweight GOAT. If he beats Yair, who's left for him at featherweight? Tell me. Because like I've said before, I've heard the plan is if Volk wins and... Islam wins in October. They're fighting again at some point next year. So we shall see, man. We shall see. What do you guys think? So I think if Alex wins, he goes up to lightweight again. I don't see, like, who who else is there for him to fight at featherweight? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. If he beats Yair, 
he'll have a win over one, two, three, the top three guys because Yair's number one, Max is number two, Brian is number three. I mean, there's Ilya Tapuria, and that's another thing. He did say he wants to fight Ilya Tapuria. Let me see if I can find it. Right here, Alexander Volkanovsky sees Ilya Tapuria as potential next opponent. Just give me a guy. Dude, that's why I love Alex. Alex, and that's another thing pe people told me. They said, dude, Ilya Tapuria could beat him. I'm like, okay, we got to wait and see. Alex Volkanovsky sees himself at least two exciting options with a victory at UFC 290. In his most recent outing, Volkanovsky lost a close unanimous decision at UFC 284 when he moved up to challenge lightweight champion Islam Mahashev. And while he has repeatedly stated he'd like another shot at Mahashev, the emergence of undefeated contender Ilya Tapuria this past weekend at UFC Jacksonville has seemingly... Has seemingly Seemingly given Volkanovski his next potential featherweight opponent. I'm hearing a lot of people mention this other guys, Ilya Tapuria fighting other guys. Volkanovski said on ESPN, DC, and RC. I'm like, no, don't do it. Give me a guy. Give me a contender, to be honest. Again, I'm not going to say much. Obviously, I think he's a good fighter, but the more I speak, the less I'm going to hype up the fight. I think he's great. First, the featherweight champion defends his title in a unification bout against Yair Rodriguez in the July 8th main event. A victory would mean Volkanovski's fifth straight successful title defense and keep him undefeated at 145 pounds. I mean, he's ready, bro. There's Ilya Tapuria, there's Islam, there's potentially Charles. But the only problem if I see, like, let's say they give the fight to Charles and Charles beats Islam. They would do the, the, the third fight, and then Volkanovski would probably end up, for sake of argument, let's say he ends up fighting Ilya Tapuria. I mean, that'd be great. Can you imagine, like, let's say the third fight. Let's say Abu Dhabi happens and Islam loses. And then they go, okay, let's go back to Brazil in January of 2024. We'll do the third fight there. And the co-main event, you have Ilya Tapuria fight Volkanovski. And then from there, we'll do International Fight Week. Again, if 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 Charles wins, you do International Fight Week, and then you have them fight next year for the lightweight belt. That's just my opinion. I don't know if it'll happen. It's just my opinion. I know I'm looking too far into the future. I'm just saying. Just saying. That'd be crazy, right? But I'm glad Jack Mandilia, Andilia got his opponent because supposedly he was saying yes to everybody and nobody was getting back to them. That had to suck really bad. Okay, I'm going to end on this. Why does everybody care about this Zuckerberg-Elon Musk fight? I could care less about it. Supposedly they're going to fight at UFC 300. Supposedly GSP is going to train Elon. Mike Chandler and John Jones are ready to train Mark Zuckerberg. Who cares, bro? Like, if this is really going to happen, I'm going to turn off after the co-main event. I don't care about this fight. Like, why should I care? Tell me why. Why can't they do their own MMA fight? Why is... Dana gonna go and do it. Like, do you see the NFL doing? Oh yeah, let's put this guy on the team. No, cause nobody's gonna care. Like, why do you let yourself care? Like, nobody care. At least I I shouldn't say nobody. People care, but not me. They only care because they're letting this happen, bro. But I don't think it's a good idea. It's a bad look for the sport. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch in the Mouth official on Instagram, official underscore P I T M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.